What's going on, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple. I'm your host, Chris Rosvoglu. You can follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report, R-O-S-V-O-G-L-O-U Report. And once again, it's a victory Monday for the Houdat Nation, and that's four straight games where the Saints have won all four under Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback. And although Teddy Bridgewater wasn't the, you know, I guess the playmaker that he was in week five, um, he still did enough in week six. I know there's a little bit about a little debate about what's going on with Teddy and whether he's a good quarterback or not. I'll talk about that later on in this episode, but I want to start off today and, and talk about Marshawn Lattimore and what he did. And I'd like to highlight a single player usually each week because their performance stands out to me. And this week it was Marshawn. And it's not just because Marshawn Lattimore had a crucial interception. It's because Marshawn Lattimore locked up DJ, uh, DJ Chark, who, by the way, was coming into this game as one of the top receivers in all of football. He wasn't just a top receiver for the Jaguars. He was a top receiver in the NFL. I mean, the week before today, he had an eight-catch game for 164 yards and two TDs against the Panthers. The same Carolina Panthers who claim that Bradbury's a shutdown corner. Well, if he was a shutdown corner, he'd get the job done. What a shutdown corner really does is limit DJ Chark to three catches for 43 yards, and mind you, his longest longest reception, which was 22 yards, was in zone coverage. It wasn't even on Marshawn Lattimore. So I tip my cap to Marshawn because Marshawn, what he's done since the Dallas game has been nothing short of extraordinary. And I think now we can all have that debate and say, who is the best corner in the NFL? And and look, I'm going to be fair and I'm going to grade the whole season, so I'll, I'll say Stephon Gilmore, but... Marshawn Lattimore, man, is a top three corner in this league that we have. I like Tredavious White from the Buffalo Bills. I don't know you guys do because he's an LSU kid. Um, And I think Jalen Ramsey's a heck of a player. But you know what's more important? Being on the field. Jalen Ramsey's not on the field right now because he's too busy looking for a trade. And to to each their own, he has the right to do that. Marshawn Lattimore's on the field, and Marshawn Lattimore's balling out. Absolutely incredible stretch for Marshawn. He's locked down Cooper. He's locked down Mike Evans, literally no catches for Mike Evans, and then he locked down DJ Chark. And I think the important part to realize is those are three receivers who, in terms of receiving yards and receptions, are in like the top 15 in every major category. So he's going up against the best of the best on each team, and he's showing that he can lock them up. And when he does that, the whole offense for the team gets shut down. I want to put into perspective real quick what he's done to opposing offenses. So for the Cowboys... Dallas, this you know high po- you know high octane offense. They're very potent and they can score it so many different ways. Uh, well, they only scored ten points against the Saints. Well, how about the Jaguars? They just came off another you know great game. Their offense is the number one rated offense for their franchise in I think team history. I think in terms of yardage, they put up the most they've ever had. Well, how about them six points. 
Okay, but you know the Buccaneers are very strong on offense. They came up a 55-point game against the Rams. They have that attack. Yeah, well, you know, the Buccaneers only had 24, and seven of those were in garbage time with about 10 seconds left. So this Saints defense, since Marshall Lattimore's gone on the stretch, has taken them to new heights. I thought he played well, the defense in Seattle, but now we see what happens when one side of the field is closed because of Marshall Lattimore. Opens up the rest of the field, opens up the rest of the defense. Your your pass rushers can pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. Your linebackers don't have to worry too much about dropping back and playing so well in coverage. It lets Marcus Williams go help out Eli Apple if he has to, who, by the way, has been very good. I don't want to hear any Eli Apple slander. And if he has a bad game here or there, he's due for one. Eli Apple has been so damn good this season. He deserves just as much credit as Marshawn. But Marshawn was the man of the match, if we want to call it that, because he really was such a good player for them on Sunday, as he always is. Now, I want to switch gears to this. I want to talk about the Saints offense and what they were and weren't able to do. What they were able to do, and it should get fans excited, is that Sean Payton is starting to use Latavius Murray more. Starting to use Jared Cook. He's finding ways to use the two of them. And it takes time in, in Sean Payton's offense. You're not going to, you know, find your rhythm from the get-go. It just doesn't happen. But now, with, you know, six weeks in, it seems like the Saints know how to use Cook a little bit better. And now Murray, who's just coming off a season-high 11 touches, is starting to become a player that can be used in the passing game and running game. And I'll talk about Murray in uh, just a second. I just want to look at Cook real quick. Coming into week five, his best game was two receptions for 37 yards. I was with Drew Brees. Week five, he had four catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. Week six, three catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown was actually the one that gave them the lead, and then they never looked back ever since. It was a beautiful throw by Teddy, beautiful catch by Jarrett. All around, just a great play. Now the Saints are using him in the red zone. Now the Saints are getting him in one-on-one opportunities. He also had that first down that basically sealed the deal. Just saying. So the Jared Cook slander, it looks like he's starting to find his role in this offense. And he'll only get better when Drew comes back because Drew loves to use tight ends. And if Cook's going and Drew sees that, you know Drew's going to hit up 87 for a couple of big plays when he comes back. Now, as for Latavius Murray, he's not Mark Ingram. We all know that. But that's okay. He doesn't need to be Mark Ingram. Latavius just needs to be a good complimentary back. That's what he was yesterday. Eight carries for 44 yards. Added three receptions for 30-plus yards. Had a touchdown wiped off the board because of a Michael Thomas holding call, which was unfortunate, but it was a hold. And now we see that Murray is a decent back. And Murray, I think next weekend in in Chicago, is going to have a big role. Because Alvin Kamara is hampered, and I'll, I'll get to that real quick. But Murray's starting to get going, and he's a back where you feed him 10, 15 times, you realize, all right, you know, he really gets into rhythm here quick. He's a bruiser back. It takes some time. Two-yard gain, two-yard gain, 20-yard gain, two-yard gain, two-yard gain, eight yards. They break out decent, long, decently long runs, and that's what Murray's going to do. And I commend Sean Payton for giving him the rock, and I commend Sean Payton for realizing this offense, it, it didn't look that great to start the season, but now Latavius is involved. Jared Cook's involved. I think Ted Ginn's been used perfectly the last couple weeks. Ted Ginn, everyone wants to make fun of Ted Ginn because he's old. Guy's still playing at a pretty good level. And, and you know he's going to play uh, pretty well when Breeze comes back as well. So I like what I'm seeing out of Ted Ginn. And you can only hope that when Traquan gets back and he's fully healthy, they could acclimate him into the system pretty well. So I'm not that worried about this Saints offense. What I am worried about, Alvin Kamara, man. 
Hide the bum ankle. I don't blame the Saints for playing him because I think when you play a guy like Kamara, the whole defense of the Jaguars attracts to him. And you could make an argument that he was out there just being a decoy. And that's all he really needed to be because that defense for the, the Jaguars, the minute that Kamara would touch the ball, was swarming towards him because, like, we can't let him beat, beat us. And that's fine. And I get it. But he tweaked his knee in the process because when you're injured somewhere, you're overcompensating for that injury. Um, if, who's ever, if you ever played sports, you, you know how it is. You hurt your ankle and all of a sudden your knee starts to hurt or your knee hurts and all of a sudden your quad starts to hurt. It lingers. So the question is, is Kamara going to be healthy down the stretch or are the Saints going to have to play with a hampered Kamara? And that's going to determine how good of a team this is. I know they'll get Drew back. I know the defense is good, but 41 is probably the third most important part of this team. I think your quarterback's important. I think your defense is important. And then 41 is very important. AK is so good. And it becomes a real question here if he doesn't heal up over the next couple days. And he might because the game's not until Sunday. So you never know. You could get five days of good rehab and rest and you might be fine. Some guys are just freaks of nature like Saquon Barkley. But if he's not, you start to run the risk of, do I have to sit him or am I going to play him and just have to accept he's not going to be 100% for the rest of the year? And that's going to be trouble for the 49ers if that happens. Uh, for the Saints, excuse me, 49ers. Thinking ahead about my NFC playoff picture coming up very soon. But that's going to be an issue for the Saints. Um, do you rush AK? Or do you let him kind of sit out the next game or two and say, get healthy after the bye and we'll be ready? I think because we don't know the nature and severity of his injury, it's hard for us to really make a judgment looking, you know, from the outside looking in. Um, but it's something away. And at the very least, even if you play Kamara, get Latavius involved and use AK as the complimentary back instead of the featured back until he's ready. Because after the bye week, he should be fine. You know, just judging off what this is, an ankle tweak shouldn't last long. The knee is what concerns me more. Um, how much does that knee actually hurt for Kamara? And if AK is not himself, it's a big loss for this offense that doesn't have as many uh, elite playmakers outside of him and Michael Thomas. So that would be a pretty big deal. Uh, now, when I come back from the break, I'm going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater, what went right, what went wrong, bring an updated NFC playoff picture, hence why I slipped the Niners before, and talk about when Drew Brees is going to return for the New Orleans Saints. You're going to hear all of that right after this message. And welcome back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple. Chris Rosvogel coming at you with this second half of today's episode. Uh, we recapped the Saints win over the Jaguars. Talked about Marshawn Lattimore. Talked about Latavius Murray, AK's injury, and a bunch of other stuff. Now let's talk about the quarterback. Number five, Teddy Bridgewater. What he was able to do, what he wasn't able to do. Um, here's the reality, and I think some fans haven't come to grips with it yet, and that's fine. It's okay. Teddy's Teddy, and he's going to be a game manager type of quarterback who will occasionally have good games, but for the most part, this is what Teddy does. He throws for about 240 yards, he throws a touchdown pass, and he doesn't turn the football over. So, what you're telling me is, he's a quarterback that with a good defense, you will not lose football games. So, is that what you're telling me? Well, guess what? The Saints have a good defense. Like, I understand it's frustrating when you watch Teddy compared to Drew because Drew makes throws that most quarterbacks don't. But guess what? Drew is the most accurate quarterback in the history of the NFL, and Drew is one of the five greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. 
If you compare a quarterback to Drew Brees, if his name's not Tom Brady, Peter Manning, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, John Neville, one of those guys, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're, and if you're, you know, if you're comparing those, fine. But if you're going to say, oh man, you know, Teddy's not making the throws Drew makes, yeah, because Teddy's not Drew. Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback who's good enough with this roster to win football games. And yeah, you're never going to win because of Teddy, most likely. Now, last week he did play well, but I'm not going to say you won because of Teddy. Teddy just played really well. You have to come to grips with the fact that Teddy is a starting quarterback, but he's an Alex Smith-type quarterback. There's going to be games where, like, pull the trigger on that deep throw, and there's going to be games where, like, you know what, Teddy did his job, and, you know, without Teddy, we don't win this game because what he does is he plays within himself. He's never too high. He's never too low, which means you might not get those great 300-yard, five-touchdown games, but you're not going to get those 150 passing yards, two picks, no touchdowns type games. That's who he is. And let's put it this way. To show you how good Teddy Bridgewater is in my mind in terms of there's not a lot of good quarterback play in this league, you ask the Buccaneers who they'd rather have, Teddy Bridgewater or Jameis Winston. Everyone there would tell you, give me Teddy Bridgewater. He's a good quarterback. He's not true, but that's okay. Because right now this team's 4-0 with him. You guys asked for three wins, he got you four. And everything after that continues to be gravy, and that's fine. Don't complain about it, though. Because we know the reality. When Drew's healthy, it's Drew's team. And Drew's going to take this team to new heights. They might lose some games because their schedule gets tough. But Drew's going to take them to new heights. And you're going to make the playoffs with Drew and think, you know what, this is a special team. And we might be able to finish the deal that we weren't able to in 2018. And we weren't able to in 2017. Drew's that good. But Teddy deserves credit. Because without Teddy, I don't know if I could sit here today and tell you the Saints are one of the best teams in the NFC. I don't know if I could sit here today and tell you this Saints team has the potential to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if I could sit here today and tell you that this Saints team looks like the best freaking team in the National Football League. I don't know if I could tell you all that if Teddy wasn't the quarterback after Drew. That's the reality, folks. And you can dish it any way you want and slice it however you want and say that Teddy's not a good quarterback and they should play Taysom Hill. That's fine. That's on you. Teddy's not a great quarterback. Is he good? Absolutely. And is he good enough to win football games with the Saints defense that's playing out of their minds? A great head coach who should be the coach of the year and a good running back in Alvin Kamara, arguably the best wide out in the National Football League in Michael Thomas? Hell freaking yes, he can. And now when Drew comes back, this team learned how to win without him. So when he comes in, it's just going to be that much better. That's something that the Saints never had. And they always relied on Drew. Will Drew's heroics save us here? Can Drew get us out of this jam? There's no more can Drew get us out of this jam. It's how do we help Drew so Drew doesn't have to get us out of that jam. That's the special part about this team this year. We saw it week one. Drew saved the Saints. We saw it in Minnesota before the missed tackle. Before Marcus Williams went all full moron on that play, Drew Brees led them on that game. What should have been a game-winning drive. On fourth and 10, he found Willie Sneed. He made enough big throws down the field to Ted Ginn and Josh Hill out of all people, and they lost. Well, you know, how about the Rams game? Drew made that throw to Ted Ginn Jr., and then the refs screwed them over. If you don't have to rely on Drew's heroics every damn last two minutes of a game, maybe something changes. That's the difference this year. Drew went out, and this team looked each other looked each other in the mirror and said, we can't rely on number nine to save us all the time. So now the defense is playing out of their mind. The, the offense is starting to control the time possession, which is huge. And now the wide receivers are making plays down the field. This Saints team is so legit. And that is why, if I'm ranking the NFC, 
they're my team to beat. And it's not about just covering the Saints and I watch this team on a, on a weekly basis and I know what I'm getting from them and I'm emotionally invested to what they do. It's that I ask you this question. I think the 49ers are a really good football team. I think the Packers are a really good football team. I think the Seahawks are a really good football team. What quarterback do you trust the most with the game on the line in the, in the NFC playoffs? Give me Drew Brees. There is one thing I know about Drew Brees. If you're going to beat a Drew Brees-led team in the playoffs, you need to have some bullshit that goes down. If it's not the freaking beast quake, it's the Minnesota miracle. If it's not the Minnesota miracle, it's a game-winning touchdown to Vernon Davis with six seconds left. If it's not the game-winning touchdown, it's a no-call. So you know what you're telling me? You need an absolutely historically great play on your offensive side of the football to beat the Saints defense. That's how you beat a Drew Brees team. And spare me the BS about the pick in the NFC Championship game. Spare me because you guys know damn well why it actually happened. So I'm looking at the NFC. And I think the I think you know the Niners are a good team. I think the Packers are good. Seahawks are good. Um maybe Philly's good, not sure. I think Minnesota looks pretty good. None of those teams should scare the Saints. And if the Saints get the top seed or you know just a you know home field advantage in general, they're going to make the NFC Championship game. It's a matter of finishing the job there, and I think they can. And no, I'm not here to tell you week seven that the Saints are winning the Super Bowl. I'm telling you that there's a very good chance the Saints can get to the Super Bowl this year and finally win another Lombardi trophy. That's how good this team's been. So I know people are going to be doubting the Saints and they'll make excuses here and there. This team's so legit. And this team knows once they get Drew Brees back how good they can become. Um, and we're just going to see them grow over the next couple of weeks. But they're going to be they're going to be up there. And they're going to be within the thick of things. And I really do like the way this team's heading. And Sean Payton, you know damn well how much it changes his legacy if he's got two rings. I know it changes Drew's legacy. Sean Payton's legacy is different. Because Drew Brees is making the Hall of Fame regardless of if he gets a second ring or not. Sean Payton is not because of what happened with Bounty. But Sean Payton gets a second ring. How do you keep Sean Payton out of the Hall of Fame? It's a really good, important question. I think it's interesting. Um, and I don't think you can keep him out of the Hall of Fame if he ends up getting a second ring. So those are all things to ponder as the season goes on. Now, before I end today's episode, I want to give a quick timeline on Drew's injury, where it's at right now. He hasn't thrown an NFL football, so I think that's a little cause for concern in terms of him playing next week. And he's not playing against Chicago, thank God, because do you really want him going against Khalil Mack in his first game back? I don't think so, especially in Chicago. It's going to be cold. Who cares? Um, I don't think you have to rush him there. The question is, does he play for the Arizona game? I Knowing Drew and how he operates, at least from, you know, looking back from out here in our perspective, he seems like he wants to get, you know, reps before the bye week. He wants to, you know, feel it out and know what he needs to fix for his thumb and whatnot um, when they play the Falcons coming out of the bye. And I think that's going to be important to him. So, that's what we're going to see. Can he get ready in time to play the Cardinals? And the Cardinals, by the way, they're not a good football team, but they're not, they're no scrubs. I mean, they've won back-to-back games. They're two, three, and one. That's going to be an important game for the Saints. So I think you got to watch out there. I think that's the target date for Drew Brees. Uh, I've been saying it for a while. I'm not going to change my stance. I think he plays against the Cardinals. Um, but it means he's going to have to throw a football sometime this week, in my opinion, because you're not going to next week say, oh, Drew, start throwing a football. Yeah, let's get him out there. No, that just kind of makes no sense. So I think Drew's time is coming. He's getting ready to play. And um, it's going to be fun once he gets back to see what this team can do. Uh, if the defense keeps playing this well with Drew at quarterback, we're looking at the best team in the NFL. 
They really are. And I think better than what they were last year. Because as good as the defense was towards the end of the year, they weren't consistent. And I don't even think they were, even in their best days last year, it doesn't come to their best days this year. This defense is legit. And when you get a Hall of Fame quarterback right under center, you'll be fine. You'll be just fine as the playoffs roll around. Now, thank you so much for listening, guys. Stay tuned for more content this week. Uh, I'll post my preview for Saints-Bears around Thursday slash Friday. I'll keep you guys updated on what day I decide to put it out. Um, but it gonna, it's going to be interesting. going to be interesting to read the injury report as well. What's going on with AK? What's going on with Trey Hendrickson? Traquan Smith? Even Drew? What's going on with him? So those are all things to look forward to. But I'll have that episode later this week. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and an even better tomorrow.